Welcome to the Rosenbox, where dancers go for show prep and candid chat. I'm Claire Kretschmar, and I'm Aron Sands, and we are dancers with New York City Ballet. Hello, listeners. Welcome back. It's been 84 years since we were here recording our podcast, but we're so excited and so thrilled to be back. Yeah, it feels awesome to be in the recording studio and also just in our theater. Mm. It's it feels like home, uh, like definitely a second or third home. Yeah, we've we've been away from home for um, too long. Yeah, too long. Was it 18 months? Something like that, like mm-hmm. since we were here performing and uh, just doing our normal routine back in, I think late February or early March, March 2020. Yeah. 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 Little did we know. Little did we know. It's like when they say dance, like it could be your last show. Well, I hope I did because it certainly felt like that for a while. Yeah, and now I think we we can understand that in a deeper way coming mm. back, like. I know personally I've tried to to go bigger, to go bolder, um, and to just really cherish the moments on stage with people in a in a greater way than I ever thought possible before. Um, and it shows, I have to say. Oh, thank you. It really well, does. I, I sense it from everyone. Like, mm. I really see that there's a lot of growth in every dancer and also just, yeah, cherishing the moment uh, with each other, um, which is great. But um, let's talk about the pandemic year. Yeah. Like, what uh, What was that like for you? And how did you cope with not having this job for a while? Right. Well, if you didn't know, um, there has been a pandemic going on. Um, it's been... I mean, I don't think it's been, like, an easy ride for anyone. Like, no one has been, like, out there having the time of their life. Um, so it's been definitely a little, little bleak, I would put it. Yeah, definitely. I was in New York for the most part. I stayed in America. Well, you had to, right? I had to. Yeah. um, Visa situations. We don't have to get into it. We don't have to get into (laughs) it. But for one reason or another, I ended up being in America and mainly New York for, um, all of it. And looking back... Um, I feel like it went very quick and I was like, oh yeah, I can't believe that was like a full year of uh, being at home. But, um, during it definitely did not feel that short. Yeah. In a weird way, it feels like we were in a time warp Mm. and Yeah. yeah, during the, the past year, it did feel like long and, uh, tiring and yeah heavy yeah. at times but um, now again now that we're back it's like it, it went by relatively quickly and um, I'm curious do you have a particular way that you think you've grown over the past year yes um, I think it, it allows all of us I think to take a step back and reevaluate yourself, what's going on with your life, what is it that you're doing, what is it that you're gonna do sometime in the future. It just gave 
all of us some time to think and examine. Yeah, like what do we really want to do as artists? Yeah. Um, Recap like what's been going on. Yeah. Yeah. At times it gave us too much time to think about that, mm -hmm. but I personally used it as an opportunity to invest in myself and allowed myself time to heal for some things and grow some other things and learn, learn a lot. How about you? Yeah, um, definitely I feel similarly. I had time to think about what I really want to do. I had time to think about what I enjoy doing mm -hmm. and also follow those paths of enjoyment and in, in terms of like pursuing creativity and um, I, I felt pretty fortunate to be able to go home to North Carolina where my parents live and have a little more space there than I had here in New York City which like during the beginning of March 2020 when I was trying to dance and mm -hmm just just live and do everything in my apartment it was it was becoming very difficult um more emotionally oh yeah than than even physically although i know those two things are so interconnected but i was fortunate to be able to go home and uh i i spent a few months with my parents and my sister in north carolina and there i it came out about for a few reasons, but I started doing this garage show series where I choreographed a little bit and showed some of those solos from my parents' garage to right. an audience of neighbors and family members and friends. Um, and it came about because I was doing ballet class in my parents' garage um, during the early pandemic season. Uh, so, so did you have to like drive the cars out of the garage? There was some car maneuvering, totally, <laughs> totally. And, um, and Aron knows my dad well, but my dad was the one mainly in charge of the, yeah, the maneuvering of the, the, the swisheroo, cars, the swisheroo of the cars. Um, and yeah, I held on to a treadmill handle that was in the garage, um, to do bar and had the my computer up on a nearby table to have our zoom classes mm -hmm. uh which many of them were taught by craig salstein mm -hmm. and so yeah anyway i i uh created this little series that turned out to be really fruitful and it was something that i did consistently throughout the year whenever i would visit home and it was people from the neighborhood right that yeah. came and uh, it they have some like outdoor sitting and viewing. Yes, yeah, that was the beauty of it. It was that people could gather and see a live performance mm -hmm. while also being outside and socially distanced and right. Yeah, and safe, just safe and healthy. And it was cool to exercise those other creative pursuits. Mm -hmm. Did you also get to um, experience or explore? your um, manager or um, stage directing? Because what was your major? Communications and Media Studies. Hello. Fordham. <laughs> Fordham alum. Yeah. 
Um, go Rams. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I suppose so. What was um, your minor? Remind me, please. English. You had to think about it. You <laughs> I did. Had to I think did. About it. So you put all of those to uh, work. Yeah, I I did get to use a lot of my communication skills and. How many emails? How oh, many so emails many, were sent? So many. Eighty-four. I'm just. Ah! <laughs> no, so many emails. Man, you just don't realize how much work goes into organizing rehearsals and like the talent and the space that you're using for a show. Um, Truly. Like my family honestly did a lot of work too. My dad was a stagehand basically. And you better work that family business. You surely went home and put your family to work. (laughs) I did, I know. (laughs) Hopefully not to their um, detriment. But um, (laughs) yeah, and... Even so, during the Nutcracker season, when there weren't Nutcrackers happening, we even did a Nutcracker garage show, which that one had the most emails, the biggest cast, um, which was, I think, seven dancers or performers total and two musicians. And uh, my sister was in the cast. She was the the mom, like, of the the party scene. Now, are these things on... YouTube, are this still up on any sort of platform where our listeners can give it a view? Yeah, they're on YouTube. They're for everyone to see. I think we have probably a total of 30 views. <laughs> well, now, give it a month. Let's see. But yeah, maybe we'll become trending. Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, it, we put it up online. This is, this is me trying to give you the plug-in for... Totally, keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm all about it. And it is just fun to have done that and to share with people online. One of my favorite moments actually is something that I did not choreograph, but that just like by divine providence happened magically. And um, one of my friends who I went to North Carolina School of the Arts with, he dances and I knew that he uh, did Irish step dancing. And um, so when I was coming up with the different solo acts for right. Act 2 of the Nutcracker, when we have all these divertissements, right. I was just, I was stumbled with a lack of time to put everything together and then also just what to do. But one day I asked this friend of mine, I was like, do you think it would be possible to have Irish step dancing to the Spanish dance music or the hot chocolate music from the Nutcracker. And he gave it some thought and he was like, yeah, I could probably make it work. And so um, that solo turned into be like this Irish hot chocolate solo. And it is, it is amazing and hilarious all at the same time to watch because those two things, the, the hot chocolate music and the Irish step dancing, you would think would not go. Right. But just like an Irish hot chocolate. Uh, an Irish coffee. They go. An, an Irish, Irish chocolate. coffee. Totally. They just <laughs> Spice go. it up. They work. So anyway, that was a highlight for sure. And I, my brother was also at home for the holidays and he remembers like just mm. like his jaw just dropped <laughs> when he saw him strike the pose and start doing the Irish step dancing. But what did you have your brother do? 
Oh, oh, my brother had a big role as the gift shop manager. <laughs> okay, girl, you were really writing a business. <laughs> I can't I know, you. I really put my family to work, and fortunately they were... So, so happy to <laughs> have you on home, I hope. <laughs> they were, though. I think so. I mean, I'll let you talk to them. I'm not going to say anymore because I've already... Right, I've, I've heard your side of the story. <laughs> you have. We'll have to interview them the next time we have a podcast about... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Their, their listen, experience... Listen to our next episode. I'll tell you the other side of the story. <laughs> yeah, it could be different. But anyway, those were like some of the fun things that I did during the pandemic year mm-hmm. and I doubt, you know, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have exercised those creative muscles in that way. For sure. Had this not happened. And that's really cool to, to think about. Yeah. And it's, I mean, the pandemic really gave the time and the space to concentrate on something else other than just dance. Yeah, definitely. I definitely didn't do anywhere nearly as much dancing as you did because I was also uh, dealing with like injuries while all of this pandemic was happening which it just added more stress to it but um, really took the time to learn how to deal with like stress and how it can affect um, your body physically um, so I really got into meditating mm-hmm. and um, yeah yeah, cultivating that deep interior silence. And, 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 yeah, to find that inner peace and how can that translate into healing physically and emotionally. Yeah, I think... Which yeah, was t- not easy. Totally, and to your point, when we took a step back, I know for me as well, like, I was reminded of how stressful our job is. Mm, yeah. Just to be in front of so many people, like hundreds thousands every night um like burying your body and soul it's very stressful and so when we're in it it's we don't think twice about how Mm -hmm. like anxiety ridden that can be but when we got to step away it's like whoa um we actually need more quiet time or more more balance more balance yeah i intended um yeah, totally. Have you been able to apply these things coming back? I certainly have tried. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, to maintain that, um, that the concept in the back of my mind and as much as I can to uh, find uh, some time during the day where I can just, like, think about that, look at the picture, see how I'm feeling, see what I can do better or how can I approach things letting go of other things that happen in the day and um yeah just to have a more healthy approach to everything because in dance you can get so caught up on how you are dancing all the time and worrying about every step and then you know you gotta keep dancing and not take those things with you or learn how to not take those things with you yeah um definitely yeah there were, I would say, a lot of hurdles to overcome mm-hmm. in coming back to mm-hmm. this job. Mm-hmm. Um, the the emotional, mental struggle being one, and then also the, the physical challenge of having gone from these months where we were uh, exercising, dancing in small spaces, apartments, 
garages, mm-hmm. and then returning to ballet class in itself was also a challenge. A challenge, yeah. yeah. And we participated initially in pod classes where mm-hmm. we would group together with same a, people. Yeah, the same people every day. This was in the spring of. Well, I think maybe it even started sooner. I participated mm-hmm. in spring 2021. That was my first pod class. But basically, yeah, same group of people, dancers would show up, and then there would be a teacher on Zoom mm-hmm. who would lead the class, and the dancers would have the whole studio, which was such a huge gift, especially when they were used to being in small spaces. Right. And, and also when it's just eight dancers. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's so much space because often when we're in rehearsals or company class, space can also feel, like, smaller. Yeah. It was nice mm-hmm. to have a lot of space to do class. Um, but, yeah, we participate in those as, like, a, a stepping stone back to the normalcy of dancing mm-hmm. a lot. Um, and... Then I think there there was a, like a summer intensive that people yeah. did. Um, yeah. Did you participate in that? I did. I um, took as many classes as I could, which they offer um, like a few technique classes um, throughout the day and partnering and variation and workout training as well. So um, slowly um, worked myself up to taking a few of those a day what was like what do you think was the muscle that was the most difficult to get back or the the ballet step that was the most difficult to get back I'm gonna go ahead and say stamina because not being able to move much or move for a long time because you're in small spaces Um, and also gyms being closed for a while uh, I'm not much of a runner, so running outside was... I was not about to was start doing that no. pandemic. Hell no. <laughs> um, but I did start doing the bike thing and, and different exercises, and I will have to say I was... The lungs were... were Working. Were, were fully gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say that was probably the hardest thing to come back. Yeah. Yeah. Even now that we're performing, I I feel like I still... I wouldn't say struggle, but I still, like, have to, like, work up to that, like, performance um, shape. Yeah. Which you only get by performing you all the time. You only get there's, it, yes. There's just no other way to yes. either prepare or yep. um, work on, on, on your own. Yeah. I would say, like, dress rehearsals and mm-hmm. performances really illuminate how your stamina is because in those things you have that a little adrenaline rush yep. you exert more energy because you're performing mm-hmm. which you know that's it's kind of like the the icing on the cake mm-hmm. it's that last layer step that adds the sparkle and it is like yeah. a good bit of effort plus the mask oh the mask the mask <laughs> the mask dancing with the mask <laughs> it is so difficult it's difficult to breathe i mean i can barely breathe Without a mask, <laughs> when I'm doing those ballads, I didn't a mask too. I'm just like, I feel like I'm um um like these people that prepare for a higher altitude. Oh and, yes, and they have to wear like different like 
gear or special like mask. Like extra weights or something. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like I'm going to be performing in, like, Veil anytime soon. <laughs> so whenever you take it off, I actually feel like, You're whoa. You're going to be so ready to go yeah. to Veil in the mm-hmm. future. We're, oh, I guess we all will be in a no yeah. way um, because we have this extra, like, layer of weight in front of us. And, yeah, man. Truly. The mask creates its own share of also, challenges. I tell you what, um, not just the breathing, but like when you look down with your eyes, if you're partnering, or if you look down to know where you're stepping, you can't see nothing. You can't. So there's a lot of trust Yes. Um, um, being put out there that I'm just hoping and praying that, I, that there's floor where I'm stepping <laughs> and that I'm grabbing and holding on to the right thing uh, yeah your partner <laughs> without having to like fully bend my neck forward and look down yeah and like lose the performance aspect so i've definitely i've definitely been um exercising my trust me too yeah. <laughs> same i know i know yeah that mask man but it does like when you take it off mm-hmm. you're like oh my goodness this is actually not so hard. I mean, it's not like I can get my leg any higher. Like, it, it, <laughs> miracles are not happening <laughs> when I took my mask off. But, like, at least it feels a little better. But I'll tell you what. The eye choreography mm. Mm. has been on point. Has been escalating. Mm-hmm. Because elevated. <laughs> elevated. Because that's all that we can see when we're rehearsing is just eyes. So, um, it has been fun to... <laughs> The eye reading has the been reading. real. Yeah, the smizing. <laughs> totally, yeah. And I'm all about encouraging everyone to keep and keep wearing masks at all time, please. We have to wear the mask for rehearsals, for class, um, when we're around the theater. The only time Basically, you can... yeah, all the time except yeah. for the like dress rehearsal. Yep. And shows. And shows, yeah. And when we're putting on makeup. Yeah. Because otherwise we would... No, be putting on makeup. <laughs> <laughs> Not on our faces. Um, but yeah, when you go down to do your hair or any of that, you gotta have your mask on. Which is like, there's so much makeup on my mask. Oh, yeah. And none of my nose. No, I know. We got... I Carla... Our makeup artist told me that I. She was like, Claire, you need to reapply, reapply your Several nose, times. powder your nose, powder your nose, <laughs> because it was bad apparently on stage one time. Um, but yeah, a lot of it comes off on the mask, and then for me, it is uh, the mask knee, oh. the mask knee, acne under the mask is rough because mm-hmm. we are sweating so much and breathing so breathing heavily. so much there that. Uh, there's just a, yeah, a lot going on under the mask. So, unfortunately, that's another con. Mm-hmm. But at least we're doing our job, yes. you know? I'm very, yeah, I'm very thankful that because we're wearing masks, we're able to work because things are a little, well, more than a little, a lot more safer that way. And we're able to prevent as much as possible, any sort of um, spread or COVID scare that the yeah, could be. and and the day to day routine honestly looks pretty similar to what it was yeah. pre pandemic because we go we have class 
a beautiful thing that has changed upon returning is that we now have Mm-hmm. two or three company classes offered. So whereas before the pandemic, we had one warm-up class every morning. For 100 dancers. For 100 dancers in in a big room, but still not really big enough to have that many people move in a grand way. Now we have uh, two to three classes, and the numbers for the of dancers in each class is, I would say... Like, the biggest class maybe has 40, mm-hmm. and the smallest class actually can have one. I've taken a, a private because nobody else showed up, showed up to the class. Yeah. Um, but that's a really great thing to have these smaller class sizes. It's been good to return, like, so joyous and... Um, Aron, you were a part of the first performance. What was that like? Doing the first show that Yeah. Of course, it was like extremely special and very emotional. And um, even though I had been doing that role in Serenade, the, it's the Dark Angel, that's the role I did that night. It felt a little bit like it was like the first time doing it because you haven't done it or you haven't performed it all in so long that like a lot of it feels very new yeah so it was very special to um to have it feeling a little bit like it was like the first time like it was a a, almost a debut again yeah and of course serenade is such an incredible ballet and so iconic and so moving for the audience as much as it is for the dancers yeah. that I feel it's like it, it's a no-brainer that that would be the first ballet uh, once the curtain goes up. Yeah, I, um, I I wasn't in the show, but I, I knew that I wanted to watch it. Mm-hmm. And so I was backstage, stage right, um, watching everybody warm up the energy was so yeah there were there were nerves in the air but also just this spirit of just excitement and and like Mm -hmm. wonder in a way that again like years ago being in the grind day to day we kind of we can lose that sense of wonder Mm -hmm. and what I saw in the performance from all of the dancers what was that a renewed awe and gratitude for the the pieces that we have in our legacy of being George Balanchine's company and uh, just, yeah, the enjoyment of being on stage doing our craft mm-hmm. with friends, old friends, new friends, because we have some new faces right. in the company, right. um, new apprentices, and... Yeah, it was it was beautiful to behold. And I thought that you you really portrayed the dark angel so beautifully. I like well, thank truly you. it and it's one of those roles that are simple because you're not you're not on stage that much, but there was such a great responsibility to care for those ladies that are on stage with you um and yet you, you don't want to overdo it and you don't want to underdo it mm-hmm. i know that you were coming at it with this fresh 
perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think that your care for every moment, like it was your first time, really showed. And oh, thank you, Claire. Yeah, truly. I just think that that's worth noting. And I, I believe that people could sense that in you and um, the, uh, all of the other dancers that were on stage. Because after Serenade, we did, there was After the Rain, Potida mm -hmm. with Maria Kowalski and Ask LaCour. And the following performance was Symphony in C, which, again, iconic New York City ballet. Mm-hmm and so full of vitality. But yeah, it, it was fun to be an audience member in a way, mm -hmm. to just witness that first show and to support everyone. Yeah, and I think the audience uh, received it very warmly and very excited. It was like a lot of applause, even just when the curtain go went up, it was like, Yes, and I will distinctly remember the stagehand, I believe it was, or stage manager, Jackie, said, mm -hmm. ladies and gentlemen, welcome to New York City Ballet. And then, and then the so much applause. Wild. Curtain hadn't even gone up. That's right. And there was so much applause. And that was really exciting to behold, too. And even in like the future performances that mm -hmm. we've had, that still sometimes happens, where they say, ladies and gentlemen, Welcome to New York City Ballet, and there's applause. Mm -hmm. Pretty magical, pretty... Yeah. Yeah, pretty fulfilling to know that there are people out there that have missed us, and they have missed the art, and then they're ready to get back. Yeah, they, in a way, they have a similar gratitude to the dancers well, and it's, the, yeah, all of us it in the theater. It reciprocates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, yeah, so special to behold. How about you tell us about your first ballet back on stage? The first piece that I did this season was Pulchinelle Variations, one of the solos in it that was originated by Sterling Hilteen. And, and tell us, this is choreographed by Justin Peck. Justin Peck, right. And the music is by Igor Stravinsky. And the ballet has uh, these neoclassical costumes the costumes are... They're vibrant. Pieces of art. They're cool. Yeah, they're unlike Are any they other easy costumes. to dance in? Because uh, I heard yes. the girl's um, hoop skirt thing, it bounces. Yes. The the skirt that I wear is almost like a hula hoop is the outside skirt rim. Mm -hmm. And it does, it has these tiers like mm -hmm. a layer cake, mm -hmm. like a wedding cake even. And it does bounce when you jump. And it does kind of weird things when you turn. But fortunately, I've gotten more used to navigating the skirt and kind of understanding that, like, two things. I have to kind of not think about it. And then it'll go better. And then there are a few moments where I, like, put my brain, like, a little more into the step so that I know... So you're not taken down by the costume. Exactly. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. And the piece is neoclassical because mm -hmm. it's very classical, but it's new. And there you have it, neoclassical. <laughs> Claire Gretschmar telling you the simple things mm -hmm. of life. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was so much fun. Definitely a challenge for me coming back to a classical variation because, yeah, I just had... The challenges of 
Classical ballet. ballet. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Yeah, so it was good. It was really good to, like, kind of go in a way straight to one of the biggest challenges Mm -hmm. to do a female variation on point. Right. Um, You had more of, like, a diving into the full experience. Well, I had a little more of, like... Dip in the toe. You did. Slowly <laughs> getting into yeah. the pool. Yeah. Yeah. But what was really special about Polchinella variations the first night and, and the other nights that we've done it is that the, the smiles on everyone's faces were so genuine and the music sounded fantastic because Stravinsky's score is truly so full of life. So rich. And what's special is in something where you have a sequence of variations mm-hmm. every dancer gets to stand out and every dancer gets to showcase something unique to themselves and yeah we that love was, equality <laughs> totally um so it was really nice to see that embodied in a ballet but yeah that was my experience the first show back did you cry were you emotional no, I, I love didn't asking that cry. question. I didn't cry. Did you cry? I cried on like the first time we rehearsed on the stage. Wow. For certain. Wow. But before, just like walking across, I was like, whoa. Yeah. Remember this? Mm-hmm. It was I, Yeah. I think one of my dominant emotions when it comes to like renewal is mm-hmm. just joy. So I like I I feel the like the weight of some of those other mm-hmm. emotions, but the dominant one for me is just joy. So right. I was just smiling a lot and just being really connected with the people around me and the music and just feeling very grateful. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Other things to be grateful for is the fact that we're back in the studio recording that you know. New York City Ballet has welcomed us back to do this podcast that yeah. we love doing and that we're working on it now and we'll be doing some more episodes. Yeah, so stay tuned. Hopefully we'll bring you listeners some enjoyment and some fun and interesting stories about what's going on at the ballet. And um, yeah, we're just, we are really grateful to be back here. And it's fun to catch up too in this way. Um, totally. With you specifically. And yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. Well, listeners, it's been such a pleasure to be back. And if you're vaccinated, if you're in New York City, please come to the David H. Koch Theater and see New York City Ballet perform. Yeah, it'd be awesome to have you guys there. It's It's been a treat to be back, and we look forward to sharing more performances with you. Curtain down. I have to say, emails, managing, reaching out to people, checking out on everyone, it's not my God-given talent, but it's very... You do very not like that reply all button. Oh, it will be... It would be literally like the most challenging thing it would save a lot of emails no we'll it will save a lot of trips way. of you walking up to me and being like hey did you did you answer that email and, I'm, and me snapping back you'd be like i sure did I, hours ago <laughs> but you know what that gives me an excuse to come say hi to you that's true during agon <laughs> during, i only, I only sh- cross sh- over 
Nobody knows yeah, that. I don't come to talk to you during Agon, rehearsal. Either before or after. Only before or after. Never during. I never talk to people during rehearsal. Not even to ask questions. You just give them to that yourself. That was a lie. <laughs>